Right, I have the real privilege and honour of introducing our speaker this morning, our father of the house, Pete Bardwell. Oh, come on, we can do better than that, can't we? Pete is a visionary with a vision to see heaven come to earth here in Chelmsford and he's carrying great things inside of him. It would be good for us to listen with open ears and hearts this morning and take hold of what he has got and let it transform us on the inside. Thank you, Jules. Good morning. Are you all right? That was great worship, wasn't it? Um, it's, uh, it's always interesting when we're worshipping, and um, at one point Jules said to me, um, wondered if there might be some words of knowledge and uh, that kind of stuff. So then when words started coming, that felt really exciting. And I just felt um, God whisper something to me, so I just wanted to share this. Um, if it's relevant to you, then great. Um, you can let me know later by way of encouragement if you want to, but I'm not going to expose anybody now as I speak. Um, but I just felt that there was um, someone here who's got, you've got letters after your name. Uh, you've got qualifications or professional stuff after your name. And uh, I know there's probably a whole load of people that are in that, that camp uh, who may have that kind of stuff. You don't have to put your hands up, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, but I just felt that God wanted to lead you into a season where you have to rely on the letters that are before your name, not the letters after your name. And it's not that the letters after your name are not important anymore, but I felt that God wanted to remind you of the letters that are before your name. And if you look in the Bible, there's, um, there's moments where it talks about lists of names and it says the son of somebody and then it gives their name. And I just felt like God wanted to whisper over to you that the letters before your name are that you are a son of God, the son of the living God, Pete Bardwell. And then whatever letters come after that, the letters that come after that might be the bits that you've worked hard to get. You didn't work hard to get this bit before your name. And actually learning to live with those words, those, those letters, is, is what God, I feel like, is wanting to equip you in and lead you in to bring you success in the next season. And that might mean son of, that might mean daughter of the living God. I, 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 I'm not seeing that, I'm just seeing, I see someone's name and I just see the, those, those words beforehand, the son of uh, the living God, so and so, and you put your name in the blank. So can I just pray for us? That might be relevant to all of us in actual fact, mightn't it? Um, Father, I want to thank you that um, you have shone into our lives in such a way through the person of Jesus that we have been brought into sonship. And uh, that includes the girls in the room, that we are your sons and we are your daughters. And now when we see our names, we don't just see our achievements after our names. We actually see your words before us, that we are your dearly loved sons and daughters. And that, Lord, you, you enable us to live in the truth of our identity, of who you've called us to be as sons and daughters. And I thank you that as we learn to do that, as we learn to live from that place, that actually you equip us with everything that we need. So thank you, Father. Just pray for anyone here who's facing challenges, that they would experience a fresh um, season of, of enjoying, of, of, uh, of benefiting from the reality of their identity, their sonship, their daughtership, their adoption into your family to bring them through, to bring them solutions in their lives. Amen. Okay, um, so I have got a message entitled The Ultimate Declaration. Dun, dun, dun. 
Um, and um, I was in a meeting on Friday with Mark Gollidge um, with a group of Christians. And um, the, uh, at the end of the meeting, somebody suggested that we shared the grace together. And um, now, if you're from a, um, a traditional church background or you've got some, some of you know, that kind of background in you, you immediately your mind will go to what that actually means. Um, for me, I still have a moment of... Um, where my mind goes slightly blank, and I think now, now I think I know this one, um, and then um, uh, I, I kind of have to wait for the first line where people go to say, and then I can quickly fall in because I'm you know a bit more used to some of these things and I know where they're starting to go. But there's just that moment of hesitancy where I think, oh please don't ask me to lead this moment because I'm not entirely sure what it is. And then when we then started, um, we um, said the phrase so you can bring it up on the screen. Um, and uh, I realised, oh, they're just talking about 2 Corinthians, and uh, that's absolutely fine. So uh, we went into this, may the, Lord, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And, um, you know, it, it, it can be just that this is a polite way to end a meeting, to declare something over us. And um, it's funny, isn't it? We talk about memory verses or we talk about declarations, or we talk about, maybe others talk about liturgy, um, or benedictions. And um, it doesn't really matter what you call it. If you can get somebody to, to speak out some really healthy, good stuff over a group of people, particularly if you live in a, in a time before this time where people didn't have access to Bibles, and even if they could, most of them couldn't read anyway, remembering some scripture and just speaking that out would do a group of people the world of good. And, um, but it kind of got me thinking after Friday, um, just what an incredible verse of scripture this is. Um, it's quite easy, in one sense it was very easy then for me to say it, and actually I then just took a moment just to enjoy it as we were saying it, um, because those three elements are probably my three, three of my favourite subjects. Um, and uh, so encountering the reality of them, is a real treat. Um, there's 23 words there, and uh, it's all you'll need to set you off to enjoy life in the Trinitarian God with yourself and with everyone around you. Do you realise that? Those, that? those few words will set you off to enjoy life with God, to enjoy life with yourself, <laughs> and to enjoy life with everybody around you. And... Um, Just in those words, we will discover the Father's love and forgiveness. We will discover salvation, healing and solutions. We discover our identity as sons and daughters. We discover our corporate and personal destinies. And the culture of heaven coming increasingly to our relationships on the earth, enabling us to reveal God's glory. That's a lot of stuff, isn't it, in one verse. And... um, It's why the Catholics refer to this verse as the apostolic benediction, I discovered. Isn't that incredible? The apostolic benediction. So um, it's clearly important to them, and I reckon it should be important to us. Um, So uh, I'm not going to talk much about two of these, but I'm going to talk more about um, the other one. Um, But let's just start off. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, a friend of ours once said that God loves you and it's not your fault. 
you want to just turn to somebody next to you just to get, make sure they're awake and just say God loves you and it's not your fault? It's a great thing to know, isn't it? On the 28th of April, 2019. That's just, that should make every single person in this room smile. And um, I really enjoy going into rooms and making people smile. And if you can do it with a, with a verse of scripture, then um, all the better. Let's just read a bit of this. This is from Romans 5. Um, if you want to smile, um, read Romans 5. Um, and then just keep going and um, read the next set of chapters. Um, so um, it says this um, in about verse 9. For through the blood... Of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Can I just say that again? You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we, were still sin, uh, while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship with the living uh, uh, living reconciled to God and all because of Jesus Christ. There's an awful lot of reasons to smile in there. Um, I've taken that from the Passion Translation, if you were wondering. Um, that's grace. We've received grace. And uh, it's an awesome gift to us. And what about the love of God? Um, you might remember the, um, the prodigal son story in um, uh, Luke 15. You know, this is about the love of God. It's about the love of God to both boys in the story from the father. Um, it's what he says. He says, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Again, in the Passion Translation, it says this. It says, Son, you're home now. It's just beautiful. It's something so beautiful about receiving the Father's love. We think about it, we think about it from the son's point of view, the sense of relief and the sense of being restored. Just think about it from the father's point of view for a minute. He's got his boy back. And he's so happy because he loves him so much. Just think about yourself for a minute. God got his boy back. He got his girl back. Because he so loves you. That's what this is about. This is, this is the love of God. This is the love of the Father. This isn't just a cutesy way of finishing up a Christian meeting. This is an encounter with the Trinity. And it absolutely should knock our socks off. <laughs> it's, about our, it's about the embrace. It's about full acceptance. It's about sonship. It's about inheritance and it's about destiny. The love of God. Okay, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to spend the rest of our um, few minutes together just talking about this bit because I'm really passionate about this bit and um, it ties in neatly with, um, uh, with something that we are starting on Tuesday 
um, Tuesday evening. If you um, haven't yet heard, we are beginning what we have um, creatively entitled um, the Oasis Church Big Conversation. And um, essentially, we are meeting together over um, the next few weeks um, on into the summer, really to talk together about how do we do life now as a church family. Um, how do we become all that God has called us to be uh, and do that for this, this era of time that we are living in? Um, so I shamelessly want to give that plug. Please come along here, um, 7.45 for 8. Um, it's going to be a conversation. It's not going to be a one-sided conversation where I or any of the other leaders just stand and talk to you. It actually is going to involve us together, um, dreaming together um, uh, of what this is going to look like and then practically what that might mean for us. So um, please, please come along. If you care at all about the shape of Oasis Church, if you care care at all about the relationships that you have with people in this church, um, then please, please come along, get stuck in um, and uh, um, buy into this and let's see what God is going to do amongst us. I said before, this is not just a conversation about us having a conversation with ourselves. This is a conversation that we get to have with the Holy Spirit because it might just be that he wants to have a chat with us and share some things with us that we haven't thought of and wouldn't think of on our own. Um, does that make sense? Yes, are you with me? All right. Um, so, um, we use the word um, culture a lot these days. Have you noticed? Everything seems to be about culture in the body of Christ. And um, I want to suggest this that fellowship is the culture of heaven. The word culture might not be in the Bible, but this word sure is. And um, it's kind of fallen out of vogue a little bit, out of favour a little bit. Um, but culture, I believe, is the fellowship of heaven. Um, it's the culture, um, fellowship is the culture of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's how life is when you walk hand in hand with God. That's what fellowship is. Um, fellowship is when nothing is hidden. And when we deal with our shame and our guilt and our regret and when we forgive. It's what Adam had in the garden with God. Remember when he walks with him in the cool of the day? Nothing's hidden. I don't just mean because they've got no clothes on. I mean because there is no shame. There is no embarrassment. There is nothing to hide. Um, forgiveness operates. Um, it's what Jesus had with the Father. It's what he modelled was possible for us to have with the Father. Um, more than that, fellowship is what two or more people can have when they walk hand in hand with God and with each other. When we dare to be authentic and where nothing is hidden. Do you agree with that? Um, I want to just, I had this thought, right? First of all, the, the beginning of this, we've got the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is a gift to us. Do you agree with that? It was been gifted to you, like we said earlier on. It's not your fault, you didn't earn it. Um, but you have received it, haven't you? So now you get to apply it, and you get to live in the good of it, and enjoy it. Do you agree? Yeah? So... 
The love of God is the same. Knowledge of your sonship. You know, you've been adopted into his family, haven't you? He has put the robe on your shoulders. He put the ring on your finger and the sandals on your feet. You are now absolutely 100% in. Your surname has been changed. You are now, whoever you are, son of God. It's who you are. And it's a gift. You didn't earn it. It's a gift to you. Now I want to suggest that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is exactly the same. It is a gift to us. It's not something that we have to work hard to try to create, to try to event. In fact, you won't be able to. This is a gift from God to us. All we can do is apply it, live in the good of it, and enjoy it. So this big conversation, if you think it's going to result in lots and lots of hard work, I hate to disappoint you, that's not where we're going. But we are going to apply the gift. We are going for, let's enjoy everything that God's got for us and what we can experience in our relationships together. Some of that, that can be hard, can't it? Because actually sometimes facing up to dealing with shame or regret or disappointment or needing to forgive, that can be a challenging thing to do. But that doesn't mean that we don't do it. And it doesn't mean that we can actually receive the gift if we don't embrace those things and do it. Because with a gift, you can, you can give me a gift for Christmas. You can give me a nice new motorcycle. Um, I like Triumphs, if you're interested. Um, and you can give me one of those at Christmas. You, you can, uh, if you want to. And I can leave it in my garage. And I can just stick on my 20-year-old Yamaha um, and leave that brand new Triumph Tiger 1200 (laughs) in the garage that you've bought for me at Christmas. But um, and and I will stay on my old bike if I want to, um, because it's a gift. Or I can take it out and learn how to use it and enjoy it. And our relationships are supposed to be just the same. And uh, I thought that was a really good word. Yeah, there you go. All three of those gifts to us. And we get to apply them and we get to enjoy them. Um, You see, it is absolutely possible for us to have friendship and relationship and companionship. We can be a band of brothers or sisters. Um, We can be a community. We can experience unity. We can be a family. We can even experience brotherly love, sisterly love. And we can enjoy those things, and those things are really, really good. You know what's also possible? It's possible for us to fake them all. To one degree or another. Because they are cultures of this world. And you don't have to be walking with Jesus to enjoy any one of those things. Because they are cultures of this world. The thing is, fellowship is a culture of another world. And it's destined to invade this one. And it makes all of those other ones operate at a completely different level. It will supercharge every single one. 
And we have moments of tasting this already. You may well have experienced moments of tasting fellowship already in your life. And it's what we crave for more of. To be known and to know others. We do. If we're honest with ourselves, we crave this. We've experienced, many of us have experienced the best that this world has got to offer. But it leaves us going, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's supposed to be something more than this. Um, Jesus said this, speaking about the Holy Spirit. He says, but in fact, it's best, if you, best for you that I go, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Do you remember him saying that? Have you read that before? Now, I have sometimes read this from a logical perspective. In other words, at this point, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's saying, it's best if I go because I am just a guy, just a man, and I can only be in one place at one time. Therefore, it's best if I go so that the Holy Spirit can come, who can actually be with every single one of you all at the same time. And that's kind of a logical take on that verse, isn't it? The thing is, Jesus isn't talking about logic. He's talking about intimacy. He's not talking about an efficient mode of how we operate with God. He's talking about intimacy. So that we can have intimate relationship with God and with one another in a way that we couldn't possibly have if Jesus remained as he was. This word advocate that's used in this translation, it means comforter, encourager and counsellor. Have you ever had a challenging relationship with somebody? (laughs) I can't believe not every head in this room is nodding right now. Wow, there's some people in this room who've never had a challenging relationship with a person. Do you live on an island on your own? Is this the first time you've ever been with people in your life? Um, Hello, welcome. Um, I hope you're doing okay. I've got news for you. You might at some stage have a challenging relationship with another person if you hang around them long enough. Um, It's kind of what happens with people, isn't it? Have you noticed? And sometimes it even happens with Christians. I know, it's really shocking. We can hurt each other sometimes. What if... Both of us, in our relationship, in our area of brokenness, whatever has gone on, what if both of us, because we're believers, I'm talking about relationships among Christians at this point, okay? Um, What if both of us engaged with the comforter? Like totally engaged with the comforter. Decided not to try and protect ourselves but decided to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to be the one that brings out, that protects us, that comforts us. What if both of us 
decided to go to him, the ultimate encourager. Because you know, in any relationship that you will ever find yourself in, the Holy Spirit will be cheering you on to resolve that difficulty. Because nothing's impossible with him. And that's not just a a cutesy Bible phrase either. It's true. There is nothing that is too hard for the Holy Spirit to come alongside us and help us fix. Do you agree? What if each of us in our relationship, what if we went to the Holy Spirit for counsel? For wisdom? Because it turns out that he is the wonderful counsellor. And he's got strategy and solution to fix any busted relationship. It's really good, isn't it? Let me just take you back to this verse. There we are. We have our our meeting and we finish by speaking the grace over one another very politely. It's possible to be in that room with those people and actually have bits of broken relationship to be feeling a bit orphan-hearted, to be actually not really enjoying God's grace in my life. And it's possible to read those words and they can just trip off the tongue because they're quite familiar and be utterly unchanged. You know what is incredible? When we start to engage with the reality of this whole thing of fellowship, as we engage with this, and the person next to me, who maybe I've got the, the, the relationship that's gone a little bit sour, if, if both of us start to engage with this, what happens is something supernatural takes place. Something of heaven comes on the earth. And what is also amazing is that other people see something of the glory of God in that situation. When we talk about on earth as in heaven, it's not just a pie dream, a a pie in the sky thing that's impossible to see. We can actually manifest the glory of God through our lives. This is what this big conversation is all about. Because otherwise we can reduce the church down to being a friendship circle. We can be a community We can even experience some brotherly and sisterly love, if you want. And that's great. But it's not going to make the glory of the Lord revealed, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord flood the earth. It won't see heaven land on earth. It won't actually bring the life transformation that Jesus has made clear is actually available. We will only go so far. And this is way too precious for us to waste our lives only going so far. You don't want to just go so far, do you? (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's have the next slide. Do you know, I've got um, a whole load of things here. Let's just look at this list. My word, this list will take the smile off your face if ever there was a list. Disconnection from the Father, identity crisis, relational breakdown, loneliness and independence, selfishness, greed, 
lack of purpose, meaning, depression and mental health, sickness and disease, idolatry, fear, predictability, stagnation and religion. Oh my goodness. Don't smile. This isn't a smiley moment. This is a, this is a serious moment. Now you're smiling a bit more. Do you know this list? This is the stuff that the Holy Spirit is really, really bothered about. Come back to your relationships with each other. If any of this stuff exists in your relationships, he's really bothered about it. Think about your own life personally. If any of this stuff exists in you, the Holy Spirit is really, really bothered about it. How do I know that? Because I know that Pentecost happened. And when Pentecost happened, Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. For it's only nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Who's the Holy Spirit coming on? Everybody, every single person, the Holy Spirit has come upon them at Pentecost and onwards. And the Holy Spirit is still being poured out. He is still on the earth. He's still hovering over us. He's still in us. He's still being poured out in our lives. Yes? Not run out. Yeah? Okay, this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teaching of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute them, uh, distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with the praises of God, enjoying the favour of all people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Uh, adding to those um, daily those who were coming to life, it says in this translation. You know, everything that the Holy Spirit pours out is the antidote to that. If you go away and you write down what is the opposite to what these guys experience, you'll come up with a list that looks something like that. That's how we know the Holy Spirit is passionate about addressing those things in our lives. And the amazing thing is that he's brought a group of people together who help one another figure this stuff out. Because we actually are not designed to do this on our own. We're not designed to do it as individuals. We're designed to do this in a group, in a family where no one is any better than anybody else. You might be a step further down the road in one aspect of those things, but there'll be something else that probably somebody else will be a step further on than you in. So let's just get over that. Um, so our big conversation. I, um, 
I believe it's possible for us to experience the fellowship that's written about in Scripture. And actually, I think that there's even more revelation. Because bear in mind, this is what happened on, like, in, you know, day one, year one of Holy Spirit being poured out. There is more revelation that we now have um, because there's been generation after generation building on these, these themes. So it can look even more glorious. This isn't the sum total. This isn't the perfect final picture. This is what it looks like to start and then to go on. So what does it look like for us? Um, practically, our big conversation, we've actually structured our evenings. Um, if you want to just put that last slide up, that would be great. Um, I have um, uh, laid this out just so that we can have a little look. Um, uh, there's always a danger in... Um, let me just come out of the way because I can see people are trying to look. Um, you know, there's always a bit of a danger in um, showing my hand uh, when it comes to these things because you'll immediately spot something that intrigues you and then you'll think, oh, I'll come to that one. And the danger with that is that you might think, I'm not going to come to the others. Or you might look at those and think, oh, well, that one looks really scary. I'm not going to go to that one. Um, we might get asked to do something really awkward or embarrassing. Um, uh, I just want to say that the, we're structuring it around these kind of themes, but it's not about theology. It's not about Bible teaching. It is about practically what would it look like to land these cultures in our world? And then, even more practically than that, how do we then see that happen? What do we do with our lives to see those things, to facilitate those things happening? Does that make sense? So within that, there has to be honest conversation around um, practical stuff of life. Busyness. You know, there's a growing trend across the Western world of folks coming to church um, fewer and fewer times per month. It's really hard to see a family grow in these things if we only connect together maybe 12 times a year. (laughs) So there has to be room for honest conversation around how do we do life if we are committed to seeing these things land on the earth. You're very quiet. (laughs) Um, We're out of time. Um, I am super excited. Do you know one of the reasons I'm super excited about all this? Because I don't know exactly where it's going to land. And neither do the rest of the leaders around here. We're deliberately putting ourselves in a position where we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. If we had all the answers, that would be worrying, wouldn't it? Because we wouldn't need him. So, um, can you just stand? We're just going to pray as we finish. Um, Lord, I want to thank you that you have called us for such a time as this. As a group of people, I thank you that you have set us ablaze with the love that you have for us. You set us ablaze with the love that you have for the whole world, that you would send your son. We know that you love us. We know that you're for us. We know that ultimately you want us to come into relationship with you, knowledge of you, to experience the life transformation of heaven poured out on the earth. So Lord, I pray for each one of us here that we would see our significance. We would see the part that we get to play in this. We would see um, that we are part of this family, that we've been added in.
to help to land this stuff in our day in our lives. I just want to break off anything that feels uh, like it's, uh, if there's anything of condemnation on us on this stuff. Lord, I thank you that you've called us to freedom and therefore we're freely choosing to pursue you and to pursue the agenda that you have, the mission that you have. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that in the coming weeks you'd be speaking to us, that we'd hear your voice clearly. Lord, I pray that there'll be something of your protection over us there would be something of you helping us with our relationships, that we would experience that comfort, that encouragement, that wisdom that comes from you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that this is going to be a safe experience. It's going to be a safe thing. It's not going to be a scary thing. But I thank you that it's going to be an honest thing. And it's going to take us on in you and on in your purposes. So thank you, Jesus. Amen.